Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Raider Nation, timing is everything. Myself and Damon, we walk into the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio right here in our Lotus building. And uh, yeah, NFL Live happens to be on. Ryan Clark, RC is on. Marcus Spears is on. Dan Orlowski is on. And they're talking about the silver and black. And it just happens to be at the time that we walk into the studio, prepare for the show. And they're talking about, and I just catch the the end of, of what Marcus Spears has to say. And he's a very sharp NFL mind. So I always respect what he has to say. So DeMond turns up the sound and he says, the Raiders are not supposed to be 0-3 with this roster. They're not supposed to be 0-3 with this roster. Now NFL Live is over, but that was basically the mic drop moment. So here we are, Raider Nation, for another day. I think everyone in Raider Nation feels the same way. I know covering the team, being here and being around the team each and every day as we are uh, watching practice and talking to coaches and talking to players, I don't believe the team should be 0-3. But again, after three games... Here we are. So welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As mentioned, Demon Cotton behind the wheels of steel. I'm your boy Q in studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio after a, way away, a day away uh, at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge. Appreciate everyone who came by. Got hooked up with a bunch of prizes. Watched some football, Monday night football action. Cowboys and Giants in a very interesting game. And unfortunately for one Sterling Sharp or Sterling uh, Shepard, excuse me, he uh, tears his ACL at the very end of the game. And it was one of those non-contact plays. He just went down and you realize that, man, the Raiders are so blessed to be playing on that grass field uh, inside of uh, Legion Stadium because, man, those turf fields just they just tear up everyone's arms and legs and body. And just uh, that's what happened with Sterling Shepard and many different players across the league hate playing on those turfs. But uh, the Raiders play on the grass. Uh, that's a good thing. And so, uh, yeah, prayers up to Sterling Shepard, a guy that's injured all the time. Seems like he just can't shake the injury bug. He's had an Achilles injury and he's got an ACL now. Uh, he's had multiple uh, injuries and he was a hell of a player coming out of Oklahoma. But now uh, he's on the shelf again for the G-Men. But we've got a lot to get to coming up on today's show. Uh, Mark McMillan, former NFL DB, he was going to join the show yesterday. He had just made a trip back from London. So he was doing some big things in London and not playing an NFL game as there's an NFL game in London this upcoming weekend. But uh, Mark McMillan was in London, so uh, he was kind of getting his uh, sea legs under him and trying to get his body clock back. So just really basically slept through uh, our, our call that we were supposed to have yesterday and hit me up. I was like, man, my bad. Uh, my bad. Uh, let's join the show tomorrow. So I said, yeah, no doubt. We'll get you on uh, tomorrow. So Mark McMillan will join us at 2.30. We'll have John McClain, our usual Tuesday guest. Uh, he'll join us at 3 o'clock from Gallery Sports and Sports Radio you know, 610 in Houston, talk all things NFL. Then our good friend Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. He'll join us at 4 o'clock. Of course, he's on the broadcast with Jason Horowitz. He'll talk about what he saw from that Tennessee Titans game as the Raiders lose 24-22. And then at 4.30, Coach Clay Morrow from Green Valley High School. Uh, They won this past weekend in high school football. And, of course, every single week we do the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. So we'll talk to Coach Clay Morrow from Green Valley High School. Uh, The Henderson Bowl was what they uh, played against Basic High School. Basic High School was undefeated at the time going into the game and Green Valley hadn't won a game well we're talking to coach Clay Morrow because 
Green Valley won that game. So they win the game. They uh, knocked Basic from the undefeated uh, ranks, and then they put a they put a win under their belt as well. Uh, they win the Henderson Bowl, and so we'll talk to him about the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week award, and of course just his team in general moving forward as they start league play this upcoming week. So a lot of good guests to get to on today's show. Again, two thirty, Mark McMillan, he'll join the show. John McLean at three, Lincoln Kennedy at four, and Coach Clay Morrow from Green Valley High School at four thirty. So we got a lot to get to. Uh, we got three hours, but man, that three hours flies by each and every day. And of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as I'm still kind of thinking about the Raiders and as I started the show talking about there's no reason why the Raiders are sitting there at 0-3, and I still truly believe there's no reason why the Raiders are at 0-3 except for, well, everything we've seen the last three weeks, right? There's a reason why they're there, but there's really no reason why they're there. There's, they shouldn't have uh, lost to the Cardinals. They definitely shouldn't have lost, in my opinion, to the Titans. And even the Charger game was very questionable. So they very easily could be 3-0, and but at the, at the very least, they should be 1-2. So there's a lot of questions, obviously, going into this week's game against the Denver Broncos, and this is really the last day that we'll we'll talk about the week before. We'll start to turn the page to the Denver Broncos tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, of course, leading into the weekend and the games here at Allegiant Stadium. So we'll have the, the pre-pre-show. Q's kickoff, we'll have that two hours or an hour before the actual pre-game show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen. We'll do that from the, the torch right there inside Allegiant Stadium. So we got a lot to get to throughout the course of this week. Excited about it, but as I continue to think about the Raiders and the state of the Raiders and, and how they're going to put everything together. And earlier today, um, Mick Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, he talked to the media. Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, talked to the media. you hear some sound bites from them throughout the course of the show. Just I, I continue to try to break down and figure out what this team has to do to take that next step and, and get over the hump and actually get a W under their belt and just understand what it feels like. So then I was uh, sitting at the house last night after uh, being at the OYO and watching some Monday Night Football, and I found this sound bite from Rich Gannon, who obviously former Raider quarterback, former MVP of the league, took the Raiders to the Super Bowl, but did not win the Super Bowl, lost to John Gruden and Tampa Bay Buccaneers in blowout fashion. But he was the last great quarterback that the Raiders had, obviously. In my opinion, he was the last great quarterback that the Raiders had. And so uh, I was listening to what he had to say on the 33rdteam.com little, um, it was about a, what, almost a two-minute little soundbite, DeMond, that, that they put out. Minute and a half. About a minute and a half. There you go. Yeah, and he's just kind of explaining what he's seen from the silver and black, and it really caught my attention, so I wanted to bring it to the table and let you hear it. Here's Rich Gannon, what he had to say about the 0-3 Raiders. Well, what's going on with my Las Vegas Raiders? And what I'm seeing now is some of the same things that I saw in the preseason. I think offensively, you have to start with the issues they have up front. They are not playing well along the offensive line. Carr is a quarterback that needs a good firm pocket. The running game with Josh Jacobs and the rest of the backs, another group that hasn't provided a lot of production and consistency. You know, you look at the Raiders through the first three weeks of the season, they had opportunities offensively. Had a chance against the Chargers week one. Second week of the season against the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't show up in the second half. And then defensively, they gave up two touchdowns and two two-point conversions in the final 10 minutes of the game. And even yesterday against the Tennessee Titans, they had an opportunity late to convert a two-point play to tie that game. They weren't able to get it done. 
But again, offensively, offensive line issues continue to be a problem. Defensively, the same issues we saw last year from this group. Their inability to get pressure on the quarterback. Just two sacks so far this season through three games. That's why they went out and got Chandler Jones. And he's not making enough plays. And then the other issue they're having defensively, they were one of the worst teams in football in 2021 at creating negative plays. The takeaways. And again, that's an issue with this football team. They're just not getting their hands on enough footballs. And that's a huge problem. And it will be an issue if they can't get it fixed this weekend at home against the Denver Broncos. So basically what Rich Gannon is saying is the same old, same old, same old when it comes to the silver and black. Doesn't really matter what the coach or who who the coaches are. It's the same issues that have been plaguing the Raiders for I don't know how long. Right? I mean, ever since, really, the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, that's all we've ever heard is they don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. Right? There's not enough pressure on the quarterback. Can't get to the quarterback. Not getting enough uh, sacks on the quarterback. Not getting enough pressures. And Max Crosby is going out there doing everything he can. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, they have two sacks. Through three games, they have two sacks, and that's it. So obviously, that's got to get better. As you heard Rich Gannon say, that's what they brought Chandler Jones in. I don't have to harp on what Chandler Jones hasn't done. I think it's plain and, and, and obvious what he hasn't done. A whole lot of nothing. He hasn't done a whole lot of anything. So there's a lot of questions that come back to the same issues that they've had for a long time. Not enough pressure on the quarterback. Not enough turnovers. Not enough negative plays. And the offensive line being a struggle. It's the same issues. How do they get things turned around? How do you look at the same issues that you have and have had for a very long time and correct them now at this stage of the game when you're 0-3? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the, that, you know, he, you heard Rich Gannon say they got to get it corrected this week against Denver. Well, what's going to make a change this week? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the sky's falling, they're never going to get it right. I'm just wondering, like, how is it going to turn and change now? As opposed to, you know, a few weeks ago, preseason, training camp. You know, they brought in a lot of, of really good weapons, a lot of talent. I've said it many times, there's a lot of talent. But something just hasn't clicked. Something hasn't clicked where they're able to fix the things that ail them the most. You know, the, the, we always talk about getting pressure on the quarterback from the interior. Those guys haven't been able to do that, right? And it doesn't matter what variation of guys you have. You know, so it's so easy all the time for, you know, us to come on the radio and people call in and text in and say, it's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. It's this guy. But it's it's multiple areas of the team, so it can't be just one guy's fault, right? Pressure on the quarterback, turnovers and, and negative plays, offensive line. And we can also talk about, you know, not not using the weapons to the to the, you know, the the, the best of their abilities. The running game. Not using the run game to the best of the ability. And they got five, six running backs on the roster, right? So, I mean, it's just, how do you get things, how do you look at it and say, okay, this is how we're going to focus in this week of practice, and this is how we're going to get things taken care of and how we're going to get things fixed? Like I said, I think it's easy, and I try not to do this. I think it's easy to just come in and be like, all right, whose fault is it? Let's, let's just go, right? I try not to do that because I feel like that that's easy. So I, I, I kind of want to take a, a deeper dive and say, okay, how? You know what the issues are. How do you remedy them? How, do, how does that get fixed? 
could it be that like a same issue, let's say with a basketball term for the team is just, hey, man, those shots will fall eventually. Hey, that was good defense, but, you know, they're not going to make that shot every time. And I know it's it's three games and their team is only three, but in each game you could point to those one or two plays where right. that happens, like the, the Arizona Cardinals game where it's just you run the ball one or two more times, they don't have time for that miraculous comeback just because the time's going to be out in the game. So right. could the message for the team so actually be, hey, man, we're doing the right things, but just eventually – well, like I hate to say luck because right. people don't like that. Yeah, hey, you got lucky, but just you'll get those breaks. Well, you know, and one of the things, and I'm glad you said luck and, and breaks because something that we talked about a lot is the fact that this team won 10 games last season, right? And we know how many walk-offs they had, and we know how many projected wins that, you know, Vegas has for them, and how many times we said, including myself, oh, man, that's a disrespect. How are you going to pick a 10-win team to only win eight games this year, whatever the line is, whatever the, the over-under is. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's around there, eight, eight and a half games, whatever the case is. How are you going to go down when they have more talent on the team? But all those things that they were kind of lucking into a season ago, you know, winning five, six, seven games by walk-offs, those things that they were benefiting from last season, they're not so far. So that, to me, is where the real huge issue is at, is what what they made as a routine last year, which was come through in the clutch. You know, I mean, look, Derek Carr's had the ball, and the offense has had the ball three times with a chance to go down either tie the game or win the game. And they haven't been able to do it at all. Last season, that's cash, right? Outside of the playoff game against the Bengals. But those are cash. Those have happened all the time last season. And that's why everyone who would come on the show and say, well, yeah, Q, but you can't count on that to happen again. That's why. That stuff, you, you can't. You can't, you can't always guarantee you're going to win the coin toss, basically, right? I mean, sometimes when you get to overtime, you just kind of get a little bit lucky. Or you get the ball at the last second of the game, and you're able to get in the field goal range, and Carlos is able to knock it home. The players are still the same. The players still have the clutch gene, but you just can't always count on it to come through, right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. If, if it was that easy, they'd do it every week, and they'd be 3-0 and right now. So that's what, you know, that's what I'm looking at. Like, okay— so how do you go about it, your game plan? If you're head coach Joshua Daniels, if you're Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, how do you go about it this week trying to prepare the team so it's not coming down to the final drive, you know, the final opportunity to go down and tie the game or, or win the game or go to overtime or whatever the case may be? How do you put that thing away? Like the Cardinal game, that never should have been overtime. Never. Like you said, you run the ball a couple more times, you win the game. Well, how come you didn't run the ball a couple more times? Right? Yeah, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if, 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 if that's all you had to do, why didn't you do it? So then you wouldn't have been in that situation where you're, you know, you're looking up wondering, well, what the hell just happened? But that game in particular where we always we said you don't want to just point the finger of blame. Right. But in that Cardinals game specifically, that is a case of let's not say the entire team. Well, just the team in total. You took your foot off the gas. That was the actual problem in that Cardinals game. Right. I don't want to go like we can like, oh, look at scheme or busted mm-hmm. coverage here or there. The entire team took their foot off the gas. They thought they had the dub. And that was the problem in right. that Cardinals game. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And, and I think right after that game, we talked about, wait a minute, how do you come out of the locker room with a 20-0 lead and then just to let it kind of evaporate away and, and eventually go to overtime and lose that game? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it. But that can't happen, right? I mean, this, this coaching staff has been there, done that. Head coach Josh McDaniels knows that. He knows that that can't happen. These players know that that can't happen. Once it happens, they look at him like, oh, blank. What just happened, right? I mean, because that's what I would do. I, you know, if I was cruising and just thinking, oh, man, this is easy, this is easy, this is easy. Then all of a sudden you look up and be like, wait, hold on. What just happened here? I lost, <laughs> right? 
you know, I, I, I lost that. I mean, how many times have you been watching the game and then all of a sudden you, you know, it's like a blowout and you walk away from it and then you come back. It's like, wait, hold on. They lost. How did that happen? And that happens more in, well, for me, it happens more in, in basketball than it does in a football game. You know, I'll see the Warriors up 25 points or something like even the Aces. Let's just they just won a championship. Remember what who was it? The the Chicago Sky? They were up by 25 points on. And I was like, oh, this is a blowout. And then all of a sudden the Sky came back and won. I'm like, wait, how the hell did that even happen? All you had to do is make a couple buckets, but they, you know, took their their foot off the gas and 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 lost. So, I mean, there's there's like I said, so many different things that you can look at and point at. But instead of doing that, how do you just clean that up? Is really the big question. How do you clean that up? How do you make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen where you're on top of your A game and you don't have to worry about that? And again, you're only three weeks into the season. So as I've said a thousand times, you still got 14 games guaranteed. So there's plenty of times to get things turned around. But if I mean, you know, at some point you got to you got to sit back and you got to wonder, OK, I'm in the lab. What do I have to do? What 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 can DeMond do? What can Q do to make sure that this doesn't happen to us again? Right. And if I'm sitting in that locker room. And I'm a Nate Hobbs, or he's in concussion protocol, so I guess not him. If I'm a Chandler Jones and a Max Crosby and a Rocky Scene and a Andrew Billings and, you know, Jonathan Hankins, if I'm that defense, I'm sitting there like, okay, what can I do to make sure that that doesn't happen again? That's what has to, that's what has to happen. Somebody in that locker room has to look at themselves and then look at the guys around them and say, that can't happen again. We cannot allow that because we're now sitting at 0-3, and even though the AFC West is not the juggernaut that we thought it was going to be, it's still 0-3, and we're in a bad situation where we need to get right, and we need to get right ASAP. So when you say the that that you just mentioned, is that just a particular play, or is that the – because it goes back to what I was saying about, hey, man, a couple of plays away, while I watched the Rams and the Cardinals, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald got the biggest phantom sack on Kyler Murray ever. Basically, he almost fell into him. Kyler Murray tries to scramble away. He just ends up tripping over his own two feet. Ends up falling, yeah. And then, Sometimes but that's, that still, that's a credited sack for Aaron Donald. Right. But if you're Max Crosby or Chandler Jones, you can look and say, man, I was right at Tannehill's feet. I was right at Kyler Murray's feet. Right. And he just happened to maintain his balance and get the ball off. But it's not so much where you say, what could I have done differently on that play? Sometimes you just need that. And I know no one wants to hear that. Right. But it's just the just needed that break of he loses his balance when I trip him up. And then we then that's a sack for the team. Right. And then even if it is an incompletion or a completion, you just don't get that sack. But it's still when you look at the film on that specific play, you did your job. I mean, you did your job. But in the case of the Titans game, they came out flat. Right, and they and they allowed what three drives of seventy five plus yards. Oh yeah, that yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you game. as a Titans fan, you were like, "Wow, this is easy. <laughs> wow, this is this is the easiest game I've ever seen." And then obviously it wasn't because the second half happened and the Raiders tightened up on defense. So you go from you know a, a sieve in the first half, giving up anything, to tightening up and not giving up anything. Right. So I mean, so that when I say that can't happen, that can't happen. <laughs> that can't. You have to be able to give me, again, give me a consistent seven. Give me a consistent eight. Don't give me a, a three and then a ten. That's not going to work out. That's not going to balance out. Give me a consistent seven, and there's a chance to win a game. We, I mean, it all goes back to consistency that we talked about in the preseason and the training camp, and that a coach rather get a consistent seven or eight than a ten sometimes and a two other times. Cardinals second half of the game, that was a two. Ten in the first half, two in the second half. Maybe not even a two. First half of the Titans game, maybe a three. Got a 10 in the second half, right? I mean, and that's defensively. It's not even offensively because yes. the offense was, that's a whole other question. But 
what can you give me consistently and who can this team be consistently is got to be the question. Where, Who is this team consistently? That goes back to ID. You know, what are their identity? What are they going to do? How do they turn the page? How does it, you know, and, and for them, obviously not us, for them, they're in the locker room and they have to know that this guy's not falling. They have to. They have to realize it's only three games and that they have plenty of time to turn around because if they go into it with the mindset of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what are we going to do? Then they're going to be pressing. It's going to be all bad. You know, so they can't do that. We could talk about whatever we want to talk about, however we want to talk about it. That's fine, you know, because we don't have to go out there and execute, but they do. So it's just, you know, like I said, the more and more I think about it and the more and more I hear other people talking about it, and I always like to listen to what other people have to say, it's just like you're consistently having a bunch of the same issues. How do you get this thing? How do you fix the issues that have plagued for this team for so long? You know, it goes back to, you know, yesterday the show topic was what's the biggest disappointment? And my biggest disappointment was the self-inflicted wounds. That's been going on for years. It's going on for years. How do you how do you correct the things that have been plaguing you forever? It just it, it's mind boggling because there's so much damn talent on this team. And that's what frustrates it or gets frustrated for me because I know people hit me all the time. What happened to your Raiders? What happened to your Raiders? I was like, it's a da- talented damn team. They just haven't put it together. I, I I don't know. I can't give you the answer of what happened. I can just tell you that team has a lot of talent. It's just, it's hard for me to say, oh, hey, this is, this is going to be a great team when they haven't won a game yet. You know, give, give me a game, and then maybe I can say, okay, they, they, they can build off that. But right now, there's, there's not a whole lot I can say except for I see the talent. I feel like I see the vision, but we haven't seen it put together and come away with a dub yet. 702-365-9200. here from you. Damon, who we got up first? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's up, Damon? Hey, man, good topic today, Q, because you know what? This, this just falls right into what I've been thinking about, man, with this team and how, how, how close we are with everything, with just a play here, a play there. And, and, and who's to blame, you know? Sometimes you just, just sit back and think about the way this defense is playing. And this is McDaniel's first year with this team, and he come into a team full of bad draft picks, a lot of bad draft picks that he 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 is going to have to get his guys to play his system. In year one, I, I really can't be mad with the defense for how yes we've come out and we've let up the, the Cardinals game, but we've buckled down when we've had to, and and it just comes back to. Uh, uh, the offense, the, the style of offense that Josh McDaniels wants to run. When you watch the preseason, we were with the, the offense was moving, the offense was generating, the offense was putting up points. We were hyped about this offense. The regular season comes, this offense is a dud with the studs. So, Q, sometimes every quarterback is not made for every system, man. And, and, and this system that, that, that McDaniels has, when you go back and watch, there is players open. The ball is not getting there, and if the ball is getting there, it's not getting caught. So I don't know if, if the, the, the the passes are too hard. They're not. They're they're behind. They're behind and breaking momentum or whatever it is. I just still think that Q that, that, that with the with the offensive line we have, it's not going to get any better. You know, we're not going to be able to build a, a steel wall for Derek Carr to stand back there and throw the ball. That's not what this offense is right now. And, and, and if Josh can win. And, and with these other quarterbacks, and these other quarterbacks in the league are winning. Every quarterback has a certain certain style that they play. Kyler Murray, look at his style. You were just talking about Mac. Mac did his job. That guy is. It got paid because of who he is. He's an athlete, and athletes make plays. 
That's why he gets paid. Chandler, you got paid. Make the play. Come on or get the bag back, man. So, Q, we got to get someone in here who can make the play. If you can't make the play in this system, in this offense, it might not be the same guy next year. But I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon where I'm bashing McDaniels right now because plays are there to be made and they're not being made, Q. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, I mean, look, if – and I, there's plenty of time to turn things around. I mean, I sound like a broken record when I say that. Um, if, if things don't get turned around and all of a sudden this season is just a terrible season, there'll obviously be a lot of changes made in the offseason. You know, I don't know where they are, where they'll lie, but there'll definitely be a lot of changes in the offseason. You know, the one thing I'll say is that players do need to go make the plays, right? If the if the quarterback or the, the coach puts you in position to succeed, they definitely got to go out there and they got to go make the plays. Uh, they just there's a lot of plays that have have been left out there on the field, a lot of points that have been left out there on the field, and that doesn't. And again, I say it all the time. That's easy to go back and just point the finger at one person and say, "Oh, it's all on Derek Carr." But Derek Carr didn't make Waller drop balls. You know, Derek Carr didn't make Keelan Cole drop a pass. Darren, Darren, uh, D- Derek Carr didn't have uh, you know a big special teams return uh, off of the the leg of Daniel Carlson, even though they got called back. I mean, there's a lot. Derek Carr didn't give up 24 in the first half. So I mean, it's easy, and I understand what you're saying. You know, we're talking about playmakers and people going out making plays. It's easy just to point the finger at one person, but I believe this is a collective unit. This is a collective issue. This is more than just a one person issue. Let's go out to the phone lines. Talk to our guy Jordan and Oregon. Well, Jordan and Oregon, welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Thanks for taking my call, buddy. I'll make sure. it, try to make it kind of... Yeah, yeah. So, I've heard you say a bit in the past, my dad loves this thing, too. You know, there's there's his story, there's her story, and there's usually something in between. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's usually all walks of life, for sure. But uh, looking at these Raiders 12 quarters in, I, I think that's kind of how we got to look at this realistically. And, I I mean, if, if you guys would have been listening to me the last couple of days, I've been all over the place, you know, flipping and flopping on what they should do. But <laughs> realistically, I think the reason I'm a little bit worked up here, man, is because it felt like this team was just about to take off with, with we're on the fourth year Gruden. I hate looking back at all that crap, but we were, we were just about to take off, man. Like we had that, we had a playoff team and Basaccia came in and I, I'd almost say he kind of ended that, with the 10 and seven record similar to where Gruden would have had us. And, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but we all know how the last 12 months shook out. And, but with all that being said, I just worry that we got McDaniels here and clearly we're not taking off with this season, looking at it like, wow, we're, we're a playoff team. We got some work to do. You know, like I said, at the beginning, there's, there's, there's probably the two sides of the story and we're probably a team somewhere in between, you know, maybe we are an eight and eight, nine and eight team. My only worry with all of that, with all of that, is that the timeline of which these contracts are structured, the timeline of which Raider Nation's patience, <laughs> the timeline of our owner, the time, you know, h- how much patience is this regime going to be given? Because, I mean, if we got to straight up go through a couple eight and eight seasons, kind of like what we did in 19 and 20, to get to where, like, yeah, we're, we're finally taking off 2025 Raiders. Man, I don't even know if I'm going to be alive in 25 years. I'm in my 30s, bro, but, like, this is insane, man. Like, I just want uh, I just want us to be the team we were last year. I was so stoked, man. And, you know, maybe it'll shake out where we'll, we'll become that team sooner and later. But I'm just worried about the timeline, bro. That's all I got for you. Hey, great calls, Jordan and Oregon. And I think that that's probably the concern of most Raider Nation. And, look, I'll, I'll say, I'll be the first one to say, maybe I came into the season with too high of expectations. Maybe they were, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with admitting that. 
You know, I'm sure a lot of folks won't admit that. I, I'll say it. I thought this team was going to get off to a hot start. I thought that they were going to be some growing pains, but they had enough talent. Sometimes you have enough talent, even if you are having growing pains, just to overcome things. You know, I heard the morning tailgate talking this morning about the Denver Broncos. If any brought up a good point, like they aren't very good right now. They're not. They're not a very good team, but they're two, two and one. They've got two wins under their belt, even though they're not very good. What we saw Sunday night against the 49ers, that was a blank show. I mean, that was straight up. That's all you can call it is a blank show. But they found a way to win. I guarantee you, I know me personally, I'd rather see two blank show type wins than three L's. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just simple as that. If you can learn, and that's what the Raiders were able to do last year. Granted, same system, same coaching staff for the most part. Everything was very familiar, but they were able to try to get better on the fly. That first game against Baltimore, that wasn't a pretty game, but they won it. You know, next game wasn't pretty, but they won it. I mean, there's just, that's what it was. It was, hey, sometimes they were really ugly games, but they were finding ways to win, which is, it's important. Sometimes you got to find a way to win those ugly games. 228 is the time. We'll come back, get to some more of your calls and texts. Plus, we got Mark McMillan, former NFL DB. He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 keyword r from Mailman Raider Q. Two words to fix the pressure to the quarterback. Play Koontz. If it ain't working, find a spark from somewhere else, and he showed a knack of making plays. I don't get why they don't play him. Again, that's from the Mailman Raider. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword r Thank you so much for that. We'll get back to your text. We'll get back to your calls. Right now, joining us on the phone lines is former NFL defensive back. That's Mark McMillan, Grillin' McMillan, like we like to call him. And, Mark, thanks for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And as the Raiders sit there at 0-3 right now, I wanted to have you on. You were out at training camp. You were there throughout the preseason. You've been seeing this team put in the work and, and, and build towards the regular season. And it just hasn't translated yet during game action. What do you think, in, in your opinion, is the biggest reason for the disconnect so far with this team early on? Um, first of all, they got a new staff. And you, you figure this is Derek, Derek's car, probably like fourth or fifth uh, new offensive coordinator since he's been in the league. I know a lot of people want to put the blame on him as a quarterback. You know, you got to have, you got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just running the offense that, uh, you know, that they're calling. And, you know, guys are just not stepping up and making plays. And the guys that are not stepping up and making plays are the same guys that we didn't see in preseason. Uh, you know, I, I go back to that, man. You got to have reps. Uh, you got to have uh, that rhythm together. Um, you just got to have that as a quarterback with your offensive weapons. And you look at Waller, you know, obviously he's got the big payday. Um, you know, he, 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 he dropped some key passes. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's not like him. And, you know, I, I won't give him a pass either. Uh, you know, this young man set out pretty much all the training camp with a suspect uh, ankle injury, um, signs a deal, all of a sudden he's healed. Uh, but these are things that, you know, these guys need to uh, address. And it, it's not, it's not uh, you know, too late. You know, there's still a lot of football left in the game. Uh, the offensive line, we've seen it cue all, all uh, through training camp. They were just shuffling guys in and out, trying to find that, uh, that right mix and, you see it all over the National Football League, man. These defense alignment are like safeties coming off the end 
Uh, you take last night with the uh, with the Giants, man. That quarterback was running for his life. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Jones was running for his life, and uh, you know, Carr is in the same situation. But you know, when you're elite, supposed to be the elite quarterback, and you've been with this franchise for a long time, he's got to step up and do better. Uh, you know, all those guys got to look themselves in the mirror. Um, they can't read all the player press clippings. Uh, they just got to go out there and play football because you know they're in a hole right now. If you're in that Raider locker room right now and you're uh, sitting there at 0-3 knowing that you have an AFC West opponent coming up this week in the Denver Broncos, what is the message that you are sending to the rest of the teammates? Um, step the F up. Uh, you know, excuse my, excuse my friend, but, you know, you you got to step the F up. And, uh, you know, every guy's got to look himself in the mirror. Um, you know, I, 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 as a player, man, it just really irks me to know that this team has so much talent and they're not able to put it all together. Um, it seems like it's too many guys worrying about their individual play, individual stats, instead of just playing team ball. Uh, the defense is constantly put in tough positions um, since the opening week. And, you know, you just can't ask those guys to cover um, as much as long as they have to. Um, you know, Chandler Jones is not in existence. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's back in Arizona. He doesn't get a pass either. Um, you know, so there's some holes uh, on both sides of the ball, um, and also the coaches, the coaches got to look themselves in the in, in, in the mirror as well, and and see how they can put these guys in positions to be successful, and stop worrying about to the end of the game they got to try for a miracle to win the game. Right. No, that's something that we were talking about just a little while ago in that last segment. We were just talking about uh, not having to try to have a walk-off like they did so many times last year. Just go win the game and not have to worry about it uh, at the end. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Today, both coordinators had their press conferences, and a lot of the questions that were asked were about players that haven't gotten run yet. We also had on the text line, someone said, hey, Chandler Jones is non-existent. Why isn't Malcolm Coons getting more work, more more run? Why isn't T. Billy getting like reps at receiver? So when you've been in the locker room, what's that, uh, what's that fine line like between, hey, the guy in front of me isn't stepping up. Why am I not getting any playing time? Um, I, was a, I was a product of that same environment. Uh, you know, back in Philadelphia, you know, as a rookie, um, guys just wasn't getting it done. And, you know, they, it was just guy after guy. They were just circulating through guys. And, you know, Byron Evans, Reggie White, and those guys were like, yo, put Mark McMillan in the game. You know, he can't do no worse than these guys. They're not making plays. Uh, we need to change. And these guys were like five, six-year starters in the National Football League. That was ahead of me. Um, so, you know, these guys got to look at the situation. Chandler, we know what you did in, in, in Arizona. We know what you did with the Patriots. But you're not there anymore. You're here, and you're not being productive. And the coach, you know, you know, obviously the coach has a strong history with, uh, you know, Chandler Jones, and maybe he feels a little obligated to uh, pull that trigger. But you don't have an opportunity. You don't. You're down 0-3, and you got a really good defensive team with the Denver Broncos coming to town. Uh, you know, they didn't look really good as far as on TV the other night, but their defense fly around to the ball, and you just got to say, hey. We're going to go with the young guy. We're going to go with somebody else to see if we can be more productive. And that's part of the tough calls that a coach has to make. And I don't think this quarterback, I don't think the coach, per se, doesn't have that kind of moxie or gut to make that call at this position. 
Talking right now with Mark McMillan here on Raider Nation Radio at 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, Mark spent a lot of time in the NFL, played for Philly, played for Kansas City, knows what he's talking about, being in the locker room. And again, when you're in that locker room and, and, and guys are wondering, questioning, especially with the new regime, you know, hey, are we being coached the right way? Are we being led the right way? You know, the, the leaders, what is it that the leaders need to step up and say, you know, the guys like the Max Crosby's, the guys with the high contracts, the guys that are expected to be the big time players on the team? Um, at some point, Q, you just got to just look, look each other in the face and say, man, either, either you know, get on the pot or get off the pot. Right. Uh, you know, I can say what I really want to say. Right, but, right. You know, as a, as a leader in, the, in that locker room, you got to look these guys in the face and challenge these guys man to man. Um, you know, you're down 0-3. Um, there's, no, there's no, hey, you know, we'll get them next week. You know, that's old now. You know, these, these, that's, I don't know where guys even get that – that mentality at, but they have the mentality of the guys on defense to go out there and get it done. Um, I think I tweeted out the other day, they look better in preseason than they do in regular season. You know, guys are out there fighting for jobs, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that, that kind of urgency right now on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we don't know if we're going to run the ball. They don't know if they're going to pass the ball. Um, he's pass happy. Uh, but, you know, sooner or later, they got to have some kind of continuity and, and gel. And I know you talked about T. Billy. All he did with preseason and, and, and training camp was make plays. This guy's a burner. You know, get this guy in the game and get this guy some reps and use the guys on your roster. You kept them for a reason. You're not just holding on to these guys just to be having them sitting there marinating uh, in, the, in, in Las Vegas. Right. No, not at all. I mean, you want to see him out there get some burn and, and help contribute to some wins. And, you know, it's been three games, and it's been three games that are a tale of two halves, you know, and the Raiders have not played a full four-quarter game yet. When you see that consistently happening, what does that tell you? Um, these guys are not on the same page. Um, you know, it's a lack of uh, focus, a uh, lack of preparation. Um, if you can't put four quarters together at this stage of the game or this stage of the season, week three, uh, going into week four, uh, that's just showing me that a team is not ready. They're not prepared. Uh, you know, and it starts from the top. Coaches got to get these guys prepared to play 60 minutes, not 54, not 55. And like you say, try to go come up with the uh, home run walk-off win. Um, it's hard to win in the National Football League, mm-hmm. uh, and every possession counts. And they don't seem like they're, they're, they're taking care of the ball. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a sense of urgency on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it's it just it's just mind-boggling that what I saw in training camp uh, and then transfer over to here. But I'll go back again. We saw it in training camp, but we didn't see it in preseason. You know, we, we saw some guys that made the team now that were hungry and going after it. And uh, you know, I'm just not seeing that sense of urgency now. And obviously, guys got the big payday, but those guys are not making freaking plays right now. Mark McMillan is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. When you were playing, was it easier for you to go in, play press man coverage? Was it easier for you to play that soft zone? Was it, you know, cover three? What was most comfortable for you to feel like you were in the best position to make plays? Um, I was mainly an off-corner just because of my size and and my weight because I wasn't physically gifted uh, to to press guys. But then I went to Kansas City and, you know, played along Dale Carter and James Hasty. Uh, under Marty Schottenheimer's defensive scheme, you had to play press. Uh, you know, so I had to learn how to play press, which made me a, a complete player. But, you know, in this game, you have to play a lot of press uh, because you got to disrupt the timing because the balls are coming out so fast now. Um, you look at the games every week, uh, you know, the guy that's playing off coverage, 99% of the time, that quarterback's checking to that guy that's playing off coverage 
as to the guy that's playing press coverage. And if you're playing press, that limits the receiver's route that he can run. Usually he's going to run a fade route or he's going to try to get inside and run a slant route because of the timing of the game. And, you know, you just got to get up in these guys' face and freaking challenge them. These guys are making millions of dollars. Step up and just put somebody in the grill and just play football. You mentioned about the uh, press coverages or the coverages that you had to play back in your day, but what about when it comes to a star receiver? Like Because Devontae Adams, we hear like, hey, man, teams are doubling him. They're trying to take him away. But we see on other teams, like Stephon Diggs hasn't had a bad game this season, and I know that other teams are trying to double him. So what goes into a receiver, even if they are doubling him, getting, getting that production and not just, hey, they're taking him out of the game plan, nothing we can do? Um, you know, there, I've seen some of the best receivers be double covered. You know, we doubled Jerry Rice and he still got open. Uh, we did a double team, uh, you know, uh, Andre Reed, you know, Shannon Sharp, you know, the list goes on. Chris Carter, you know, these guys still were able to make plays and make guys, other guys open, uh, to make those plays. And, you know, Devontae Adams, obviously he's going to get doubled, uh, a lot. So that leaves open space for somebody else to be one on one and dominate the game. And they're not taking advantage of those opportunities for those one-on-one shots. And uh, I know the first game he was feeding Devontae heavy early. Um, you just got to mix it up a little bit. You know, obviously he should get his, you know, six to seven targets a game. Uh, but, you know, as far as being a press coverage guy, um, there's guys that's going to be open. And Devontae's been double-teamed his whole career. So that's nothing new to him. And uh, Derek Carr, man, at the end of the day, you got to stop with – I'm tired of hearing the same old press conference speeches. You know, you, at some point, you know – uh, the nice guys got to go out the window, man. You got to grab your freaking kahunas, look these guys in the face, and go out there and freaking battle. Yep. So I mean, so as simple as that. As simple as that from a leadership standpoint. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, I love the ad libs today, man. You're you're coming in hot today. I love it. I'm not mad at you at all. Uh, final you know question, you, man. I, I try to be nice at at, at times, but man, when I, I was out there in that 110, 120 heat watching these guys, so I need to get my money's worth when I'm talking about the team. So I, I can't sugarcoat it anymore. And right. you know, as a player. Uh, you know, cover the team from the outside. You know, some guys may be like, oh, this guy is hating on me or whatever. No, just go out and freaking make a freaking play. You're making a ton of money. Um, you got all the things, the, the, the facilities is Cadillac, the stadium is Cadillac. You got the best, uh, you got the best of the best. Right. So, you know, but what they're putting out there on the field, and like I said, man, Derek Carr is just his mannerism. And, you know, you don't see him being excited, you don't see him at, with that sense of urgency. Uh, at the press conference, we hear the same old speech. You know, we're getting better. We're learning. New regime. New coaches. Like, I'm I'm tired of that. I, I didn't play it on five different teams. I had to learn five different schemes. But I was still productive enough to be able to continue to start in the National Football League. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Exactly right. And that's why we're going to you so we can get those kind of nuggets from a guy who's been there, done that. Final question for you. Actually, I got a couple more questions for you. But one of the final questions for you. We heard the emphasis on discipline, uh, self-inflicted wounds, you know, not turning the ball over, not doing stupid penalties, this, that, and the other. And I was really pumped up thinking this was going to be a very disciplined machine that is the Raiders in 2022. And we haven't seen that through three games. What, what has been the reasoning why? We saw it in the preseason, the training camp, but we don't see it now. I, I don't understand it, bro. I, I just really can't put my, my thumb on it. It's like... You hear the same tweets like, okay, here come the Raiders again. It's like they believe in that same negative mindset. Of they're supposed to be um, you know, the, 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 the darlings of the National Football League. They're supposed to be hated. 
the Silver and Black, Raider Nation, you know, but it, it, they're not putting out that same kind of effort, and it's just mind-boggling because they have everything that they need on both sides of the ball to be successful and win games. You can't go on the road and lose to the Tennessee Titans. It, it, you, that just cannot happen. And like I said, it's a tough division. Um, you know, obviously, Kansas City lost. Uh, you know, that'll probably help them a little bit, but man, it's a tough, it's a tough situation that they're putting themselves in and uh, they just have to be more disciplined. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's no more locker room, rah-rah speeches, you know, look your guy in the, in the face, either you're going to get it done or we're going to find somebody that's going to replace you. And that's just the way it should be. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And that's I think that's what the message has got to be, you know, from player to player to player to coach to player to player. It's got to be that message exactly in the locker room leading up to this game on Sunday against the Denver Broncos, a game which I feel is a must win. And it's crazy to say that in week four. But <laughs> but here we are. And so, uh, Mark, before we let you go, my man, I got to ask you, Grilla McMillan, what are you working on, man? <laughs> I know you I know you got something in the pressure cooker besides the hot fire that you've been spitting out the last 15 minutes. Oh, man, I got something really big in the makers, man. It's going to be exciting. Uh, you know, it's going to be great news. Uh, you know, I spent a little time uh, overseas uh, for about three weeks uh, working on something really cool. So uh, once it hits, man, it's going to be something really special that everybody will be able to enjoy. I'm missing my ESPN and my Raider Nation family, man. I look forward to uh, getting back in the press room, man, and, and seeing the players and looking those guys in the eye. And just hanging with my guys, man. So, you know, I've been missing you guys. But I will say, the hottest team in Las Vegas right now, besides the Los, you know, the the, uh, the Aces winning the title, is the U of LV Rape Rebels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead and give it up for them, Mark. <laughs> hey, hey I, I, I told people earlier, and I, when I spoke to the team months ago, I said, man, it's just something about this team uh, and the way the coaches, you know, just the mannerism and then the players that they brought in. You know, they're an exciting team, and, you know, I want people to really get behind this team and, and support these guys because they're, they're putting in a lot of work. And I know, you know, people say UNLV football, but, man, they're the top of the Mountain West right now. So we got to give it up to the Rebels, man. There you go. Well, you just made Demond's day. He's going to have a smile on his face the rest of the show. <laughs> if I'm not going to longer. the game on Friday. <laughs> Look, see, now you got him You got him in a whole nother zone, man. Now I got to try to bring him back. I got to bring him back. But, hey, man, thanks so much for your time. It's great catching up with you. I'm glad that everything is working out. We'll see you soon in the press box, and we'll catch up even sooner. Oh, appreciate it, man. I'll see you guys this weekend, man. Hopefully those boys can get a win, but Russ, I'm sure Russ is going to be excited to come on down to Vegas. There you go. There you go. Appreciate you, my man. Mark McMillan, former NFL DB, played with Philly, played with Kansas City. Uh, he was a teammate of Eric Allen's. You know, he's a guy that Eric Allen is uh, near and dear to his heart. EA, of course, is a dude that we definitely respect uh, to the highest degree around here on Red Nation Radio as well. So uh, uh, shout out to my guy, Mark McMillan, who is bringing the heat there. I'm not mad at him at all. 249 is the time. You got to say it like it is sometimes. It's Red Nation Radio, 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and Q, DeMond, what's good? Love McMillan, fire. Put him and Pritch in the locker room till everyone steps the F up. Let's go. This team is missing a true vocal leader. Been missing one forever. No killer instinct. I hate the loss of the Titans, but it kills me more that DeMond gets bragging rights. That's a text, again, on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick as we close out hour number one. ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my call. 
uh, to stay on subject, um, Derek, I think that the Raiders is going to take off about the second half of the season. Uh, my thing is, I, I have a problem with the, with how the coaches are teaching the players. Okay, because they, because I remember right, Derek Carr has a photographic memory, so memorizing plays is not it's not going to take him very long. But how everybody else is organizing it and running the routes, you know, running into each other, the same person in the same place, tells me that people are not on the same page. And so what you got to do when your offense is that complicated, I didn't think you could get it complicated as John Green, but I guess you can. Okay, you have to simplify it. Okay, go back to run a nine route, run a six route. This is what you're supposed to do. Really simplify it until they can catch up. Okay, and that way, at least you got everybody running in the same direction. Okay, and uh, hopefully my man, that I listened to your podcast, that decided not to call and blame you uh, for everything. I just thought, I, I thought that was hilarious. Okay, uh, and so I, I, from a coach's perspective, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, I, I can just see it. They're not, they're not on the same page. And uh, Waller dropping two passes, this is a side effect of – not playing in the preseason. It usually doesn't last this long, but I, but I guess it did. And, but they better wake up fast because Denver is not going to have any sympathy. I'd be licking my chops if I was Denver. Okay. And, but we'll see how that goes. And the offensive line did better than I thought. Anyway, uh, go Bears, DeMond. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. That's ABA Ivan Davison. Look, I'll say this, uh, and then we'll take a quick break and get to John McClain. You know, Mark McMillan mentioned it. You know, the, the guys didn't play in the preseason. I know no one wants to use that and hear that as an excuse, but there's four games that used to be preseason, right? I know last year it was only three games. There's four games. The Raiders have looked so-so, looked good at moments through three games, have looked bad at moments through three games. Sunday is game four. Is that gonna? Is it finally going to click? Is that going to be basically the preseason? You know, I, I talk about that quite a bit. And matter of fact, we'll ask John McClain when he joins us to start, to start the next hour. I, I say it all the time that sometimes you don't really learn a lot about any of these teams, not just the Raiders, not just the Broncos, not just the Chiefs and the Chargers. Sometimes you don't learn really a whole lot about any team the first four games of the season because they are actually using the first four games of the regular season as the preseason. I don't like it. You don't like it. But that's how it is sometimes. 2.57 is the time. We'll come back. We'll talk to John McClain. We'll start things off asking him about the first four weeks of the season. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.